This is Germ Warfare, the battle of ideas. My name is Germ, this is Germ Warfare, the battle of ideas. Ernst Wolf, thank you for joining me in the trenches. Thanks for having me. I, I, I call it the trenches because it feels like we're in a war. Do you agree? Oh, yes, definitely. We're definitely in a war. A war, a war caused by different uh, reasons. Uh, for different reasons, it's, uh, we're into the fourth industrial revolution and we have a financial system that is absolutely broken and that can no longer be kept alive. So we're into deep trouble right now. How deep? Uh, deeper than anything the, the, that uh, humanity has ever experienced because the problems have become so uh, insurmountable. It's just absolutely incredible. Um, we're, we're living in historic times because uh, actually the financial system cannot uh, um, be propped up anymore. We're living under a financial system that uh, almost failed already four times. And uh, uh, let me just explain that. Like we, uh, our financial system uh, was created in 1944 when it was clear that the uh, United States would become the first superpower on earth. And the United States then had the biggest economy. They had the strongest army. They were the only ones with a nuclear weapon. But they had one problem. They didn't have, uh, uh, they, their industry produced more goods than their home market could absorb. So they were looking for markets at that point. And because they were so powerful, uh, they did something that no other country had ever done before. They made their own currency, the US dollar, dollar, the leading currency in the world. They pegged all other currencies to the dollar and the dollar to gold. And that way uh, they uh, gained financial power over the whole world. And they actually flooded the world with dollars for several decades. And what we saw then was like the, the post-war boom where everything went well. But this post-war boom came to an end in the mid-70s. And the big winner of the post-war boom were the banks. And the banks then asked the politicians to give them new possibilities of making money. So the, the, the politicians started to deregulate. Um, they abolished all sorts of regulations that kind of constricted the banks. And they made it possible for them to uh, open up hedge funds to buy back shares and to do a short selling, which is bets on, on other people's losses. They made all, th all sorts of things possible that made the financial system very risky. But that also led to the fact, to the fact that the financial uh, sector absolutely exploded. So by the end of the last century, we had a financial sector that was much bigger than the real economy, but that was uh, very risky. And these risks uh, actually... Um, brought the uh, system, uh, almost brought the system down for the first time in 1998 when a, um, a hedge fund in New York almost collapsed and had to be saved by the banks because the banks would have lost about a trillion dollars if the, this hedge fund had gone bankrupt. So the banks stepped in. Uh, they uh, paid about $4 billion in order to save the hedge fund. And then things went well for about 10 years. And then we had the world financial crisis and then things got uh, really out of hand because they had to save uh, big banks. They had to save uh, big insurance companies. And they did that by bailouts using taxpayers' money. And then we had the next crisis three years later. That was the euro crisis. And then it was, uh, it was no longer banks or insurance comp companies that had to be rescued. It was uh, whole countries like Greece had to be rescued. So then uh, the amount of money that they had then 
uh, did not suffice. So the uh, central banks stepped in and the central banks uh, uh, printed ever more money. And that's what we've been seeing for the past 10 years, uh, an incredible orgy of money printing. Now, you have to know that uh, central banks have two means of propping up the system or manip manipulating the system. One is uh, creating money out of thin air. And the other is uh, lowering interest rates in order to um, step up the velocity of money, which is also very important. But uh, the banking system cannot exist with negative rates. And now we're at a point uh, last year in March, uh, the, uh, the system almost broke down again and had to be rescued again. And uh, then that was the point where the, uh, uh, we reached the, this point of uh, zero interest rates. So in order to rescue the, the, the financial system and not, uh, once more in the future, they would have to go into negative territory with the interest rates, and that would destroy the banking system. So they don't have that uh, means of propping the system up anymore. All they can do for, from now on is print more money, is create money out of thin air. And of course, that creates inflation. And that's what we're seeing right now. We're seeing uh, uh, rampant inflation, and it's not transitory, as uh, Mr. Powell or Mrs. Yellen want us to believe it's not transitory, but it's going to get worse and it's going to get it's mm. going to keep getting worse. Why can't the inflation rate go below zero? <clears throat> because uh, when banks uh, hand out loans, they have to <laughs> receive more money afterwards, because if they receive less money afterwards, OK, they're going to lose. Mm. See, oh, oh. If, uh, OK, so I, yeah, sorry, go on. No, if I give you like $10 and you give me, give me $9 back a week later, I'm going to be bankrupt pretty soon. Mm. Why then do the interest rates drop? And you are referring to the United States. Uh, to, the, to, to all the central banks in the world, because we have a, a, a global financial system that is not only that, that does not only uh, lie within the United States. I mean, they're all interconnected. They're sure. all working together. And it's all these central banks that have lowered their rates. I mean, the, the European Central Bank is at zero interest at a zero interest rate. The uh, Bank of England, uh, the, the interest rate is at zero. The Bank of Japan, it's everywhere. But why can't they push up the inflation rate? Um, if, if they, uh, well, they tried that. They tried that in 2018. The, uh, uh, actually, the Federal Reserve, the American Central Bank, is the most important bank because uh, it, uh, America or the United States is still the biggest and the, the most powerful economy in the world. And they have the biggest financial markets, too. So what they did in 2018 was they uh, t started to, to raise interest rates very carefully four times during that year for only 0.25%. Uh, and what happened at the end of the year was that we had the biggest uh, dump in uh, share prices uh, for about 80 years. So that's what happens when you raise uh, interest rates. Because the, the problem is we have so much debt in the world and this debt has to be serviced. And if, it, if you raise interests, it becomes more problematic to serve this debt. So that's an option they don't have. They don't have any longer. The elephant in the room is that this is all happening right now over the last 18, 20 months. Yeah, because they've used the health crisis in order to promote a totally different agenda. I mean, they, they know that they knew very exactly that the system was uh, in its final stage and they knew that it had to be saved one last time. And in order to, to, to give people a reason for that, they uh, 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 created these lockdowns, you know, 
And they said, well, it's a virus that is uh, uh, to be blamed for all of, all of this. But it's not the virus that is to be blamed. It's the financial system that was in its final stages. And they actually, they saved it one more time. And right now, what we're seeing now is they know it cannot be saved any longer. So what they're doing, they're pillaging the whole system. I mean, the rich are getting richer at a, at a rate never seen before. And uh, uh, they're printing money at rates never seen before. Uh, debts are, are, are rising at rates never seen before. So this is uh, totally uh, um, unsustainable. And they know that because they actually they're planning for a new system uh, that nobody is talking about. The new system is uh, CBDC, that is central bank digital currencies. They will be introduced sometime in the future. I don't know when they will be introduced, but they're working on, on this plan. Right now in South Africa, I saw uh, a few weeks ago the news that our central reserve bank is currently uh, reviewing central bank digital currencies and they're going to look at it again in February. So what you're saying is exactly correct. Yep, yep. And it's not only your your central bank, it's all, it's, uh, I, I mean, about 40 central banks in the world are testing uh, uh, CBDCs right now. I mean, the US have a big uh, testing ground on the Bahamas. They, uh, they're the people that, that there's the, the uh, population is about 380,000. They all have wallets on their mobile phones and they have a digital uh, uh, currency account with the central bank. And uh, the same is uh, uh, valid for China. In China, they had several today. They tested it in some of the big cities. And uh, uh, they, there are some, some uh, central banks in Europe that are already ready to, to hand out uh, digital currencies, like the Swedish central bank can come, come forward with it tomorrow. The, the um, Swiss central bank could come forward with it tomorrow. But of course, they won't. They will wait for the big players. And the big players in the room, the big players, that's the United States on the one hand, and of course, China on the other hand. And China is leading the race at the moment. China is uh, far in front with this. And I believe that uh, whatever we saw in, in Afghanistan has to do with the Chinese blackmailing the Americans that they might come out with the uh, electronic yuan before the Americans are ready to uh, come out with the electronic dollar. What, give, what gives you that idea? Um, because the Americans, uh, they, they left all their <laughs> weaponry behind. <laughs> that, is, that is so crazy. I mean, you, you wage a war for 20 years and then you give your, uh, your enemy of 20 years everything and you leave it, every, leave it all behind, give them a, uh, uh, all the weaponry in the world. That, that is just absolutely crazy. Nobody would, would even, even think of something like that. A very so nice gift. Force the Americans <laughs> to do that, and I mean the Chinese are—they're uh, not stupid. I mean the Chinese—they—they're working on this uh, uh, Silk and Belt Road, and they're working on the digital Silk and Belt Road, belt road since 2017. And if they usher a, uh, an electronic yuan, uh, contrary to the United States, they could usher it in several countries. I mean, all over the Near East, all over Asia, in parts of Africa. So they, they would certainly uh, be far in front in that race. Let's go back a few steps. Um, yeah. So just a few years ago, uh, slightly more than two years ago, there was a problem in the, in the central banking system. Am I, am I correct? Yes. And whether or not this whole story is planned, I, I'm of the opinion that it probably is planned, um, but it doesn't really matter whether or not it is planned or not this has been a pivotal moment for central banks, yes? Absolutely, absolutely. 
And uh, I, I, I just cannot can no longer believe that it was not planned mm. because there are so many things that point to the fact that it was planned. I mean, you have this paper of the Rockefeller Foundation, which dates back several years where the whole plan is laid out. I mean, there, there's so many things and, and it just came at the right moment uh, for the right people. So I, I don't believe that it was not planned. I mean, uh, I always have to think of, of uh, uh, Roosevelt, uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt's world, words that uh, nothing in this world uh, that happens in politics is not planned. If you take a look at it, if you take a closer look at it, mm. you will always find out that it was planned. And uh, the thing is that the, what's very important to me and what I think everybody should know is that we are no longer governed by our governments. There is a force that is much stronger than the governments that is behind all governments. Because mm. the strange fact is that what we've seen last year is a once in a lifetime thing that almost 200 governments go straight into the same direction. They all do the same things. You know, they all impose lockdowns. They all impose mask mandates. They all uh, insist on social distancing. And mm. uh, that is absolutely crazy. To me, that means that there is some force behind them that forces them to, to, to enforce these measures. And that force behind them to me is the digital financial mm. complex. You know, Eisenhower in the 1960s talked of the military industrial complex. That's a thing of the past. In our days, so we have the digital financial complex. That is the big IT companies. And actually, it's only seven companies at the top of this complex. It's uh, uh, Apple, it's uh, Alphabet, it's Amazon, it's Microsoft, and it's Facebook on the IT side. And on the financial side, it's the uh, big asset management comp uh, corporations. That is, uh, the, the major ones are BlackRock and Vanguard. I mean, just take a look at BlackRock and Vanguard. They manage assets uh, worth $16 trillion. Just to put that into perspective, the German GDP is $4 trillion. I mean, the German GDP, that is all the goods produced and all these services delivered within one year by 35 million people is $4 trillion. And uh, BlackRock and uh, Vanguard have 35,000 employees. <laughs> and they manage four times as much as 35 million people in Germany uh, produce within a year. That's just absolutely crazy. But Ernst, is it a bad thing? that these companies are getting bigger. I mean, they're employing more people. Surely that's a good thing. Yeah, but they're controlling our lives. That's the problem. Because, uh, see, it used to be that money, money talks, money was the, the number one thing in the world that uh, decided who, who would have power and who wouldn't have power. But in our time, things have changed. In our time, it's data. Data is, are just as important as money. And these big corporations, they control all the data in the world. And controlling the data means controlling our lives. I mean, we're into the fourth industrial revolution. And these people are, are starting to, to work on things that no, nobody would have imagined about 10 or 15 years ago. I mean, the, the Internet of Things is, is a horrible thing in itself. I mean, all these uh, uh, visions of smart cities, smart homes and so um, are, are pretty terrible. But the most terrible thing is the Internet of Bodies. That is uh, when, when they start connecting your body to the digital sphere, when, when they start implanting things like, like smart pills, for example, in medicine. I mean, the future of medicine is terrible. I mean, in, in, in the medical sector, you can also see how important these data are because what we've seen during the past 18 months is the biggest collection of medical data ever, ever in this world. I mean, they have so, the, the, the big pharmaceutical companies have so many 
uh, gained so many data through this health crisis. It's absolutely incredible. And that is pure gold for them. Now, there are a lot of these groups around the world that seem to be interconnected. Uh, you've spoken about the World Economic Forum, for example. Yes. How do they link to, to the central banks? Um, uh, they, uh, the thing is that the central banks are nothing. Not, they have been taken hostage by the digital <clears throat> financial complex. I mean, the digital financial complex is using the central banks to impl implement the measures that they want implemented. But the digital financial complex also has a lot of helpers. And these helpers, the main helpers are the big foundations. We have one big foundation, that's the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. That's the, uh, the most powerful foundation in the world. They have assets of about 50 trillion. Um, so, that, sorry, 50 billion, not 50 trillion, 50 billion. But that is, that is a, a huge amount of money. And they can bribe just about any politician in this world or, or anybody in the media. And that's what they're doing. And uh, uh, um, there are more foundations than that. There's, there's, for example, the World Economic Forum Davos. And uh, they, they have become very, very important because uh, they started in 1971 as uh, uh, there was a German professor who started it. He was uh, one of uh, Henry Kissinger's uh, pupils at Harvard. And he started a, a European management conference in 1971. And this conference uh, uh, kept going for 30, for, for 30 years and uh, sort of uh, exceeded its, its uh, initial uh, aims. Because in, in the beginning, it was just they, they wanted to introduce man American management methods to European managers. But then they started... Uh, 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 turning to politicians and turning to media people. And the most interesting thing is that they started their own classes. They started their own classes in 1992, where they collected young leaders. It was uh, the, the classes were called Global Leaders for Tomorrow. And in the first class, the class of 1993, uh, you will find names like uh, Angela Merkel. You will find Tony Blair. You will find Gordon Brown. And you will find Bill Gates. So these are people that were under 40 then, and they were like uh, assembled by the uh, World Economic Forum. Uh, they uh, visited certain lectures over a time period of one year. And also they interconnected. I mean, they all have their mobile phone numbers. They can talk to each other every day. And they kept uh, doing these classes. And in the uh, classes that uh, were held since then, nowadays it's no longer called global teachers for uh, global leaders for tomorrow. It's now called young global leaders, and uh, you'll find names in there like uh, Mac uh, Emmanuel Macron. Uh, you will find uh, Viktor Orban. You will find Vladimir Putin. I mean, all the leaders of the world have gone through this school. Jacinda so Ardern, also, I think. Hey, me. Jacinda Ardern from New Zealand. Jacinda Ardern was also one of them. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So they're, they're, uh, almost, uh, uh, there's so many people that, that are really in, in, in powerful positions these, uh, these in, in our time now that went through their uh, uh, school. I mean, uh, today we've, we've, had, we've uh, heard, in, in Germany we've heard that we have a new, uh, a new government. And our new uh, foreign secretary is also one out of this school. <laughs> so it's crazy that they're still doing that. And also they created a new class they created the global shapers of tomorrow. Those are young people under the age of 30, and they've already gathered 10,000 of them. 
So they're, they're really uh, expanding their work on uh, working and, and directing global leaders into a direction that they want them to go into. How do they wield such influence? Uh, I, can't, I can't tell you how, how it works in, in, in detail, but I mean, they, they're all interconnected, these people. I mean, uh, our, our Chancellor, Angela Merkel, she can call uh, uh, Bill Gates because she was in, in, in the same class with him. And she can call uh, Tony Blair, who was in her class. And of course, they have meetings uh, all, all over the world and they're all closely interconnected. And uh, of course, they have an agenda that nobody will, will speak about uh, uh, to us. They, they, they will do whatever they, they think is, is necessary. And right now, I think uh, they all know that it's necessary to build up a new uh, financial system. They all want this uh, central bank digital currency. And they all know that we're into the fourth revolution and the fourth industrial revolution. And the fourth industrial revolution will mean that hundreds of millions of jobs worldwide will get lost in the next mm. few years. And of course, they have to prepare for that. And that's what they're doing right now. Would you mind explaining to me uh, how the central banking system um, is going to implement this uh, new asset class currency? Is it even is it is is it even money? Can you call it money? It's uh, programmable money. That's what it is. It will come with an expiration date. I mean, uh, the thing is, they 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 don't really know how to implement it right now. That's that's uh, their their problem right now, because it's never been done before, and they don't know how to do it. And I think they they know that people will resist it because once people know that this money is uh, tied to an expiration date, uh, people will will have a hard time accepting that. And also, I mean, they can implement certain different taxes for different people. They can punish people by by. Uh, taking their money. They can even punish people by closing their account. So people will be 100% dependent on the central banks that is on the state. And people will not accept that during during good times. And I, that's why mm -hmm. I think they're doing what they're doing right now. They're crashing the economy. They're destroying societies in order to, to, to get people on their knees, in order to beg for, for help. And then they will come with a universal uh, basic income. And they will present it as a humanitarian act, the implementation of CBDCs. They will impose it as a humanitarian act. And uh, I, I, maybe people will be happy with that, but it's, it's not going to last because uh, it, it's not a sustainable um, uh, system. It, it won't work. It won't work. Once you have this uh, CBDC, uh, you will have the same problems with inflation. You will even have a stronger problem with inflation. And it won't work over a long period of time. What exactly is a CBDC? What is a central bank digital currency? Well, the thing is that they will have to abolish the, the, the banking system in its present state. I mean, uh, banks, uh, the, the major business of banks in the past used to be handing out loans. That's the way how uh, banks made their money. But now that the financial sector has become so important, that is no, no longer their major source of making money. Their major source of making money is speculating in the financial markets. And that's what they, they will allow the banks to do in the future. They want them to just uh, uh, take their, get their hands off money creation. Because when a bank hands out a loan, it creates money out of thin air. They want to put all money creation into the hands of the central bank so that they can control it. And that's also mm -hmm. a, a very important fact is that digital, uh, CBDC, central bank digital currency, has nothing to do with like Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies. Those are decentralized finance. 
What we're talking about is centralized finance. That is uh, that the central bank has total control over uh, the, every transaction that anybody in, in, in one country will be doing. Uh, Bitcoin and, and cryptocurrencies are something t entirely different. Wolfgang wants to know if they are this powerful, why can't they just fix it? Well, the the problem is the people. I mean, they're at the head of all the people and the people who resisted. We can see it right now. I mean, mm. the people resisting all these health measure, measures right now. It's not, not as easy as that to fool the people. Um, we will see we will see social upheaval at an unknown uh, uh, rate in the in, in the near future. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure of that. You've actually spoken about this uh, in the past. You've mentioned that civil war is very real possibility. I think that's what they start. They're trying to create. They're trying to create civil wars all over the world, and in order to come up with this uh, universal basic income as a remedy for all the problems, in order to make people accept it. I mean, just just think about uh, uh, your country and uh, just think about like four or five million people being unemployed, having no jobs, then uh, ha having to fight with rampant inflation, not being able to feed their kids anymore. I mean, these people will be desperate and they will they will be ready to accept any kind of money if it's given to them by the government. And that's the, the easiest way to implement this uh, uh, CBDC by the, by. Uh, Uh, handing out uh, universal basic income. Are there actors or players, I, I use those terms because that's how I see them, um, yep. running the show? Is it, a, is, it, is, it, is, it, is it by design? Is it emergent in terms of the central banking cartel? Are there players above them? No, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that the, the problems are within the system. I mean, the system evolves and uh, there are certain problems that come up. And uh, if you see the, the, the uh, development of this system, you see, we had this, this uh, post-war boom that I've talked about. Then we had the era of deregulation and everything went well for the banks. But I mean, there are certain laws of, like the law of gravity that they don't uh, get around. And there are certain laws within the, the, the financial system that you cannot print money uh, at, at ever higher rates without uh, money losing its value. That, that's a problem they, they, they cannot uh, abolish. And they're trying to abolish this problem by, by introducing uh, CBDCs because they think they can, fool, they, they can fool the world that way, but they can't. But they, they're in a, in, a, in a position not to, to act freely. They are forced to do what they're doing by the system. Why then do the governments go along with this? Because the governments, all politicians are nothing but puppets of the uh, of, of bigger players, and that that was always like that. I mean, it was always uh, uh, the economy that was important. Uh, it was always the economy that drove politics. Uh, uh, they, it's it's impossible for a politician not to act uh, uh, going along with the banks and the big corporations. I mean, we've seen that for about fifty, seventy years, ever since uh, the Second World War, even before that. But now this, this uh, digital financial complex has become so immensely powerful that if you as a politician go against them, you will be uh, out, of a, out, of, out of job very, very quickly. I mean, there's, a, there's an example for that. In, I, I think it was 19, in, in 2014 or 2015 when in Greece, Syriza came to power. Syriza was a party that was against the austerity measures. 
They, they, they were elected by the Greek people because they wanted to abolish all austerity mother, uh, measures. And what did the, cent the European Central Bank do? They cut them off <laughs> from all financial uh, um, uh, uh, assets. They, 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 they just cut them totally off for two weeks. And then the, the, the Greek Syriza movement did exactly the opposite of what they had promised the people during the election campaign. So that way you can you can force any anybody to do what you want. I mean, these people, they have all the money in the world and they control the data. And I mean, controlling the data today means that you can turn somebody off by 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 a mouse click. I mean, just imagine what they did uh, last uh, um, January, what they did to Donald Trump. Mm. I mean, Donald Trump was considered the most powerful man on Earth and uh, a second rate uh, uh, um, a social platform like Twitter just shut him off. So he couldn't communicate with his 58 million followers anymore. So that shows you who's who's really powerful. It's not the American president. It's uh, it's the digital industry. The technocrats. The technocrats, yeah. The technocrats and, of course, the people in the money business. And in the money business, we've also seen a change in the structure of power. See, it used to be the banks uh, for five, four, four, five hundred years. It was the commercial banks that were the most powerful institutions. Then during the uh, period of deregulation and financialization, it was all, uh, all of a sudden it was the investment banks, the investment banks that were the most powerful institutions. And then after that, at the turn of the century, it was the hedge funds. But then uh, the, the, it, it was the, after that, it was the, uh, the big asset, wealth asset managers that became the most powerful institutions. And they are more powerful than anybody else in the world nowadays. I mean, BlackRock and Vanguard, They are shareholders of every major company in the world, and they can direct every any market in the world in any direction they want to. So they're basically pulling the strings. Absolutely. Those seven co corporations, the five uh, IT corporations and the two asset management corporations. We put these seven, seven CEOs into one room, and you have uh, um, more power than if you put G Xi Jinping and, and Joe Biden and uh, Angela Merkel and... and uh, Uh, Mr. Macron in one room, definitely. So are they the real threat? I mean, the, th the threat is the system. The threat is the system that has gotten totally out of control because these people are replaceable. You can, you can replace uh, 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 Donald Trump, Joe Biden, or, or even Bill Gates and uh, Elon Musk or, or Jeff Bezos. You can replace these people, but uh, he, uh, you cannot replace the system. So actually, the, the big problem is the system, the system that is in, in its final stages and should be, should be uh, um, followed by a better system. <laughs> But the thing is that most people do not understand what, mm. what ha what's happening right now. Most people are in a state of shock because of this, uh, the health issues. Yeah. Uh, and they are kept in a state of shock. And I mean, that is, uh, that is by very deliberately done so in order to be able to implement all the measures that people wouldn't normally accept. I mean, who would have accepted a lockdown? Who would have accepted a lockdown? People would have uh, said, you're crazy, you're absolutely uh, out of your mind. Uh, but they accepted it because they were told that it's uh, due to some, some health concern. When did your alarm bells start ringing? Um, Very, very quickly after, in, in about at the end of uh, February last year. In the very beginning, I thought maybe that, that's true, that there is some, some kind of disease and uh, that, is, that it is as uh, dangerous as it is. 
But then I, I, I started to look into things and I found out about the, uh, uh, the, the health crises uh, that we've had in 2004, 2009, mm -hmm. uh, the bird flu and the swine flu. And there was a kind of pattern that evolved. And then I took a look at the, the World Health Organization and I found out that the World Health Organization was founded in the 1940s and that it was then financed by the states and that now it is financed mainly by private donors. And I took a look at who these private donors are and that's the pharmaceutical industry and that's the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And that rang a few bells in my head. So I took a look at a, a, a deeper look at things and I found out who was uh, who in whose interest might all these measures be. Who, who was who was really uh, profiting from them and it became it soon became clear that uh, the uh, um, that the financial breakdown was also a staged breakdown i don't i don't think that it was uh, something that uh, happened by chance but it was staged it was staged through these lockdowns they the lockdowns uh, were implemented in march and at the end of march the financial system uh, went down and the big corporations and all the big companies had to be rescued actually they were the big winners because they got all the money from the states whereas the the middle class didn't get anything or 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 just just very small amounts of money i mean all this all what we're seeing is also a huge attack on the middle class because we've seen that the 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 it companies i mean one of the most important parts uh, in the economy nowadays that's the platform economy that is the uh, uh, companies like like uh, Uber or uh, Booking.com or uh, um, Amazon, Airbnb, all these companies, they make huge amounts of money. And if you take a close look at the lockdowns, it was very, very profitable for them because uh, mm. they have a, a huge, a huge amounts of money behind them. I mean, they have big investors. Uh, Uber, for example, has the uh, Saudi Arabia as an investor behind it. And they can live uh, with uh, two, three, four years of losses because they all aim for the world market. That's, yeah. that's their aim. They want the world market. They want to control everything. And that's the one thing that the Internet has brought about. It used to be that you start a company and you start it locally, then you go regional, then you go national, and then you go international. But nowadays, if, if you take a look at some of these startup comp uh, uh, enterprises, I mean, they, they aim for the, for the uh, global market right from the very beginning. And they're very successful. I take a take a look at Uber, take a look at Airbnb. I mean, that's incredible. Or Takeaway in in, in Europe, or Amazon. Amazon is or Amazon. Mm. They have 1.2 million uh, uh, people on their payroll right now. It's absolutely incredible. Jeff Bezos got very rich. Yeah, he's. I think he's the second or third richest man on earth now. I mean, the richest man is Elon Musk right now. He's got a private uh, uh, a private assets worth about two hundred and ninety billion dollars, which is incredible. <laughs> do you do you trust Elon? No, not not in the slightest bit. No, 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 no. He's crazy. He's a he's a psychopath. He's a sociopath. I mean, he wants to solve the problem of overpopulation by transferring people to other planets. I mean, that guy is crazy. <laughs> that guy gave his, his his own son a name, which is composed of. Uh, letters and and number figures i mean that guy is absolutely crazy i mean he's done he's done a lot i mean as an entrepreneur he was very successful but he was very successful because he knew more about the digital sphere than most other people did and uh, i actually i always call this 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 is this, this, the century of nerds because mm. take a look at Bill gates he's one of these nerds elon musk is one of these nerds jeff bezos is i mean those are the people that that uh, 
spent their their childhood uh, looking at at computer screens and and working on some some programmable stuff where and, and and never played with other kids i mean they're, they're kind of crazy what have the last two years done to the global economy they've destroyed it they've absolutely destroyed it we we don't see the whole uh, um, uh, destruction right now because uh, some of it will only uh, come come to surface in the coming months and uh, maybe the coming years of it, but I think more in the coming weeks than the coming months. I mean, what, what they're doing now is they're, they're trying to stage the next crisis because the energy crisis, that is a, a deliberately uh, provoked crisis. Um, uh, right now we're seeing that they're, they're really working on that. And that's why I suppose that they want civil war because, I mean, we have this rampant inflation that's going to uh, uh, make it impossible for people at the uh, on the lower level of the the social scala, to to uh, survive, they will they will we will have hunger. We will have hunger here in Europe. You will have it in your country, and also we will have this energy shortage, and that will will cause real big problems, and that will make people go into the streets. And uh, I think that will uh, we will we, we're facing some very very difficult times that because of that. I obviously have to ask you the follow up question. Then is. Do we participate in that in that unrest? Well, what Gwen, what can we do? I mean, what 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 I'm trying to do is I'm trying to to tell people what what's uh, happening behind the scenes so they can understand what's going on, because the, the the biggest problem that you can have in our times is not knowing what's going on. I mean, you have to prepare for real bad times. Everybody should 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 have some food at home. Everybody should have some cash at home. Everybody should should mistrust the banks not leave their money within in the banks everybody should should kind of protect their family i mean there's there are certain measures everybody should take right now but you can only take these measures if you know what's going on and i mean 99% of the people do not know what's going on they believe the official narrative they believe that we're in a big health crisis which is absolutely absurd there is no health crisis i mean this disease it, it, i i'm not denying the ex- disease but uh, uh, it's not as bad as everybody says it. I mean, the, the measures they're undertaking right now uh, let you believe that it's uh, the plague, but it's not. It's not the plague. We're not fighting the plague here, but the, the, it's a disease that is being used for a different agenda, and that agenda uh, can only be understood, be understood if you take a look at the financial sector and the digital sector and the fourth industrial revolution. Well, you could argue that the pandemic is actually the elite's yeah. We we yeah. are fighting them. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, so then what do I mean what what can we do? It seems it seems too big. It is big. It is big. It's very very difficult because uh it's it's worse than anything that has happened uh, in history because uh it happens in 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 200 countries at the same time. I mean, there's no place to go. You can't flee your, your country and you can't find a safe place on, on this planet anymore. Because, you, I mean, just, just take a look, uh, look at where you have to be, wear masks. You go to uh, New Guinea or you go to Tasmania or you go to, to, to uh, South Wales or some, somewhere in this world and you will have to wear masks and you might have to, to, to get an injection. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. These times are absolutely ridiculously crazy. So by extension, I mean, and we won't, we won't get into that conversation, but obviously the injection then is part of a control. It's part of a control manipulation game. 
That is what the digital sector wants. They want people to be biometrically identified. <clears throat> See, right now we're all running around with our mobile phones and they want to, to, to put something into our body so that, that we're not dependent on our mobile phones anymore. I, I'm, I'm not quite sure why they're not satisfied with uh, facial recognition because that uh, should actually, in my opinion, that should suffice. But actually they want more. I mean, take a look at what they're doing in medicine right now. They've, uh, in uh, ever since, I think, 2017, uh, they've allowed uh, smart pills in the U.S. Those are pills that uh, dissolve when they get into your body and they uh, give all sorts of information to your wireless LAN or to your mobile mobile phone or to your doctor. And also, they, they can, <laughs> anybody, everybody else can, can, can get these, these mm -hmm. informations about your body. And that's absolutely crazy. But it, I think it's all about biometrical identification of people. Have the last two years boosted the digital economy? Definitely, definitely. They've, they've gained more money than ever before. They've gained more power than ever before. And we're more dependent on them than ever before. I mean, also, just take a look at cash. Cash has been reduced uh, at, a, at a level never, never expected. I mean, that's, that's another thing that they're working on, the, abol the abolition of cash. They, they want us all to, to only uh, uh, use digital money in order to get us ready to accept central bank digital money. I've got a question here. Um, what tactics or approach should then people like us trying to implement in the coming months and years? The most important thing is I think they should try to connect. You have to f find other people who think uh, like you do, and you have to find other people who are ready to take up a fight because it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a, be a pre pretty bad fight that's uh, lying ahead of us. And you have to inform people. That's, that's very important. I think information, and uh, that, that is the, the key to everything. If people know what's happening behind the scenes, they will understand, and then they, they, they will be ready to, to act properly. If they don't understand it, as long as they believe the official narrative, they're lost. What about, I mean, someone's saying here, using cash, gold, silver, bullion. Yeah, yeah physical assets are, uh, to me, those are the assets of the future. Because of everything, uh, when everything breaks down, especially when you have this rampant inflation that you're, we're facing right now. I mean, uh, then those people that have uh, gold or silver, they will be the lucky ones. But I mean, uh, uh, gold is uh, gold is one thing because gold gold has a problem that comes with it. It might be confiscated by the governments. I mean, that's what they did in the 1930s in the United States. Um, you were no longer allowed to pri privately own gold, and so you you couldn't use gold as a means of exchange. But uh, I think the the best answer for uh, for the replacement of cash right now is silver. With silver, silver you can you can always use silver as a, a, a means of, of payment wherever you go, and silver will not lose its value. If silver is totally undervalued at the moment, just like gold, but silver is even more undervalued at the moment. And the moment uh, the moment that the whole system breaks apart, I think silver will will really thrive. And I think silver is uh, is a good means to 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 uh, protect your family against uh, the worst uh, things that are to come. I mean, obviously, that's just financial, but I'm guessing the extension of that is to try to find uh, less global suppliers of things. Are you a fan of more local? Oh, yes, definitely. Definitely. You will have to get together with people. You have to f find uh, local food suppliers, 
You have to find. Uh, I mean, anything local is good at these in this in these times. Um, also, you, 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 people should not believe that uh, things are going to get better once this this, this pa pandemic is over, because they have a new narrative. The, the new narrative is that of climate change, and I think they will use climate change to implement the same measures that they implemented using the the health threat. So people should be ready for for. Uh, for a, a long period and during which uh, basic rights will be denied and we will not be given back our basic rights. What is this climate change narrative? Well, it's, it's, uh, w everybody knows that the world has some e ecological problems, but uh, the big players, they want to solve this problem <clears throat> their way. They want to introduce this carbon uh, tax and carbon taxes, that's another attack on the middle class. The middle class will have to pay for it, and the big uh, companies and the big uh, IT companies, is, is particularly, they will be able to 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 handle that. But the middle class will not be able to handle it. So whatever we're seeing, all these measures, they're they're sold to us as something to save the planet. But first yes. of all, I, I do not believe that the planet is in, in in such absolute danger. And also, it's it's the same people that led us into this situation during the past 50 years that now claim that we're in this disaster and that we have to do all these things or not no, do all these things in order nonsense. to save the planet. It's absolutely crazy. Mm. The craziest is the World Economic Forum. I mean, they have uh, uh, assembled the leaders of the world for 50 years now. They have always decided what, what the, the leaders will do next year. And they are telling us now that we're in a situation <laughs> that is uh, that is so so terrible that we all have to stop breathing <laughs> in order to save the planet. <laughs> Just absolutely ridiculous. I can't help but think, and I know it's very small and insignificant now, but when Trump left the United States from the Paris Accord, I, I see that as a great thing. <laughs> yeah, because it's it's uh, it's just lies. It's it's all lies. But I mean, Trump is Trump himself was not much better than the other guys. No, I mean he's he's just a puppet. He he was used by the, the digital financial complex, and he was used in a very intelligent way because uh, they created some kind of uh, of rupture between him and the 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 like Jeff Bezos and, and mm. Bill Gates, and that uh, kind of uh, detracted people's attention to a, a, a minor uh, um, battlefield. So that they could do all the other things they wanted to do without people noticing. You, you speak about the digital financial complex, um, and I, I keep wanting to add in the word pharmaceutical somewhere there. Yeah, they're they're a big part of this this complex because the pharmaceutical industry has become very very important, especially during during the past twenty months because they've, they've made more money and they've collected more data than ever before. And uh, I mean, they, they have—they were very, very powerful before this crisis, and they're even more powerful now. And as I said, a big part of the fourth industrial revolution is the Internet of Bodies, and that's mm -hmm. the uh, the next thing: these these smart pills, and then you have uh, pacemakers that are collected to to mobile phones and can uh, pass on information to your doctor. But of course, that uh, information can all be also be passed on to some secret service, and they can also mm -hmm. make your your um, device uh, uh, fail. I mean, the, uh, we're, we're, the, the thing is that these people who control the, the, the data and who control the, the um, uh, digital complex, they have so much power over us, it's absolutely unbelievable. And uh, 
It's 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 very very difficult. It's a very difficult situation. There's no there's no easy way out of this. Mm. We've spoken a lot about the World Economic Forum, but there's something I need to ask you. What the hell is their purpose? Why do they exist? I think they were they were created by those that uh, that are in power. I mean, uh, take a look at the last century. One of the most powerful people was Henry Kissinger. He, he was connected to every every. Uh, uh, powerful other person in the world, and he was like uh, he was the, the the big entity behind the scenes. And uh, he, uh, Klaus Schwab, the founder of the World Economic Forum, was his pupil. And uh, I think that I mean, just take a look at the first uh, conference they held. Klaus Schwab then was thirty three years old, and he he actually assembled four hundred and forty major leaders uh, of all over the world. I mean, the, the, the most powerful bankers all, all of a sudden appeared in, in Davos because a 33-year-old called them. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. He's just a puppet. I mean, that's, uh, there are some, some, some organizations in this world. Uh, there are think tanks also. There are NGOs that, that work together. I mean, there's, there's a circle of people, I don't mm. know, 100, 200, 300 people who, who uh, set out the rules and, and, and who make these plans and uh, obviously, uh, they're, they're not that, that stupid. I mean, what they're doing right mm. now, incredibly crazy, but, but uh, actually it works. You've mentioned um, the Gates Foundation and uh, the World Econom- Economic Forum as very powerful think tanks. Um, are there others? I'm, 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 I'm considering the Rockefeller Foundation, perhaps Chatham House. Yeah, very, very important. Well, yeah. Rockefeller Foundation is very important. Kellogg Foundation is important. Soros Foundation is important. There are lo- lots mm-hmm. of foundations, and also they are all interconnected. And then you have these this Atlantic Bridge to to uh, Europe here. Uh, <clears throat> there are there are different, but it's always the same people behind them. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, one thing that I have to mention too is also there's an, an uh, something like the World Economic Forum that has its headquarters in China. It's the International Finance Forum. It's uh, led by Chinese uh, uh, communist of- officials. I mean, the, the, the head of the uh, International Finance, uh, Financial Forum in Beijing is uh, from the Com- Communist Party. His six uh, um, uh, deputies are from the Communist Party. But the interesting thing is that uh, in the board of directors, you will find people like Christine Lagarde, you will find people like Klaus Köhler, uh, who was the chief of the uh, IMF for a while from Germany. And you will find all the people like uh, the uh, former head of the ECB. You will find all these people in there. And there, actually, there is a connection between the Chinese Communist Party and the uh, digital financial sector in the West. Because what we're seeing right now mm. in China is a, a struggle between the Communist Party and the Chinese digital financial complex. And the funny thing is, or not, it's not even funny, but it's uh, uh, rather intelligent or uh, it's, it's kind of uh, clever. The uh, digital financial complex of the West uh, is now going together with the Communist Party in China. And they, they have uh, formed some kind of alliance against the Chinese financial complex because, of course, that's their competitor and they want to, want to uh, be at the top and be... Uh, do better than their competitors. Philosophically speaking, is there is there a relationship between technocracy and communism? 
Um, there are some things that are that are very similar. I mean, uh, uh, Klaus Schwab said uh, we're, we're approaching an age where nobody will possess anything and everybody will be happy. I mean, that's exactly what Lenin told the people. <laughs> uh, because in the in the Russian Revolution, uh, the I mean, the revolutionaries they told the people that uh, from now on all the means of production are in the possession of the people. Uh, <clears throat> but actually, that was not true. It was the party that uh, that owned everything afterwards, and they didn't call it ownership. I mean, they they just they they were just able to 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 do whatever they want with the with uh, with the means of production. So there are, there are some similarities to it, but I don't think that these people that are in power now that their dream is uh, uh, a classless society. On the contrary, I mean they they want even more power. They want a, a society that is even more concentrated. So I, I think it's it's not really communism, although there are some parallels. A lot of this conversation is about digitization of society. Should we yeah. fear that? Or, 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 or are there positives? I think the problem is not digitization. It's digitization in the interest of a very tiny minority. That's the big problem that we're facing right now. Because digitization is being misused by these people in order to, to maintain their wealth and their power. I think digitization itself could be a benefit for humanity. I mean, there, there are so many things that we experience in, in everyday life where we say, well, this is, this is really a, a big advancement. I mean, when I take a train these days, I, I just uh, get my ticket on my mobile, mobile phone. I don't have to wait at the central station. I don't have to wait for a, at a ticket counter anymore. Those things are all okay, but the problem is that right now all this is uh, being is is being managed by some few pe people who uh, whose interests are not my interests. That's that's the big problem. So I think one of the one of the big demands that we should all uh, uh, put in our uh, political agenda is either the decommercialization of the internet, and uh, I should I think they should free all licenses in the internet. That we, we, everything should become open source, and that that way should be uh, used for the benefit of everybody, and not for the benefit of Apple or or, or Microsoft. Uh, um, I want to ask you a question about resisting. What, what, or how should we resist? I mean, things like these QR codes, these digital IDs, these injections. It all seems like it's a a freight train coming at us at high speed is is resistance futile no no i i think resistance is uh, the the uh, order of the day right now I, I mean we have to resist we have to in, insist on on paying cash uh, when when we go and pay pay for for things that we buy uh, but we have to connect with other people we have to inform other people it's it's a very difficult situation that we're in but I think that the other side also has big, big problems. I mean, uh, if things, the, the, the way they are working right now, the, the living conditions of people are not getting better. They're getting worse. They're getting worse. And once people understand why their living conditions are getting worse, they're ready to, to listen. And they're ready to listen to, to people who tell them what's, what's happening behind the scenes. And that's, that's the good part of the story right now. I don't know if we'll succeed, but uh, to me, there's no other option. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm laughing because I didn't think that I would ever go onto the internet and look up how the Amish people live. <laughs> yes, 
<laughs> and, and suddenly, I never envy my sister who lives out in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly, I'm jealous of them. <laughs> yeah, same here. Same here. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also. I, I'm dreaming of, 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 of owning some little hut somewhere outside. <laughs> being surrounded by some Amish people, right? Well, that, that's my dream right now, right? <laughs> In front of you, there's a crystal ball. What do you see? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a pathological case of optimism. So I, I, I see a world that is better than the world that we're living in right now. I mean, the, the, the doors are, to a better world are so wide open. It, it would be so easy to change the, a life to, and, and, and make life better. But there, there are all these obstacles to be to be overcome. And uh, well, the thing is that I think I, I always think of this this uh, saying of of Henry Ford, the, the founder of the Ford uh, Motor Company. He once said, "If people understood our financial system or our money system, we'd have a revolution tomorrow morning." I think it's it's very important to have that revolution. But I think we shouldn't have that revolution in the streets. We should have that revolution in the heads of people. They should, they should uh, think these things through. They should uh, be enlightened in some way. And uh, I, I'm glad that we have this conversation because maybe somebody has taken some information from it that is, might be valuable for him. So that's all we can do at the moment. And uh, one has to, to see one's own limitations in these days. You're saying that it all starts up here in the head. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The most powerful weapon of the, the, the uh, elite is not their money, it's not data, it's the ignorance of the masses. Oh, but there are a lot of masses. Sure, surely are, surely are. Uh, but it's, it's, it's our task to, to do something about that. <laughs> Where can people find more about you or the stuff that you write? or, or, or I, I, have, I have my own YouTube channel and I'll be doing, I'll be doing some, some stuff in English also uh, in the next uh, few months. So yes, YouTube can, channel. I've uh, I've I, one one of my books is also also out in English. It's pillaging the world, uh, the history of the IMF. That book is out in English. Yes, it's quite difficult to find English work of yours. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. But I've got a bone to pick with you. Please uh, uh, migrate away from YouTube and onto uh, a less censorship-prone platform. Yeah, my, my, my people are doing that right now. <laughs> I'm, too old, I'm too old to understand all this stuff. <laughs> Ernst Wolf, thank you so much for joining me in the trenches. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Germ. This is Germ Warfare, the Battle of Ideas. If you enjoyed this podcast, please visit supportgerm.com. 